Hey there, listeners. Well, I had a wonderful interview with a guy called Janis Nebelschutz. And Janis is a guy who is the managing director and co-founder of an organization called Coach Hub. And uh, for some of you listeners will know that I've actually been involved with coaching for about 25 years, working with many leaders around the globe. And it's quite interesting just to be able to sit down and have a chat with Janis about what he does and what he's done and where he's come from. Because you see, Coach Hub is the leading global digital coaching platform. And together with his brother, Matty, they, they founded the company in 2018. And he's been a serial entrepreneur. And he shared a story about being an entrepreneur. Then he moved to Ireland, where he actually went and worked for LinkedIn. And then he left LinkedIn and he went and started his, his other business, Coach Hub. And the one question I asked him was, what was that transition like going from an entrepreneur into a corporate world working for a boss and then coming out again and going into the entrepreneur world and quite cool stuff that he actually shared. But the other thing was, we talked about various things and one was about, if you can empower and respect your people, everything else will follow. And I love what he shared about that because it's really quite interesting in how we should look at that and think about that. And he also talked about Richard Branson and so forth around that space. But also we talked about how to scale and using technology to be able to scale your organization or your culture or other things that you can do in business today. So a fascinating conversation with Giannis and so I'm going to really encourage you now to take notes and really enjoy this episode. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to another wonderful episode of the Leadership is Changing podcast. I have a wonderful guest with me today. His name is Janis Nebelschutz. And Janis, a big welcome to you. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Now, for our listeners' point of view, whereabouts in the world are you today? So right now, I'm in New York City. I moved here around a year ago. When you say right now, do you travel around the world a lot? Well, I just came back from Boston, as a matter of fact, just actually an hour ago. So I do travel in, well, mostly the U.S. at the moment because I relocated here to, you know, obviously boost our results here in the U.S. But I used to travel a lot, yeah. It's been a lot in APAC and in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Boston, New York, you must be jet-lagged, eh? After that travel, that must be... <laughs> it was a horrible trip. Well, if you take that train, it takes four and a half hours. <laughs> so the train's four and a half hours. Wow. The one that I caught did, so... Wow, amazing. Amazing. Okay, so what we want to do is I've just done an introduction to the audience or to the listeners about you, but tell us more about your background. Sure. Yeah, so I I would call a serial entrepreneur, or that, that's what people say about me. So I have graduated uni and straight from university, I started my first company, set up a couple of other companies afterwards. And yeah, since five years, I yeah do coach up after actually short stint at LinkedIn, where I was a manager for two years in Dublin. Yep. Yep. So LinkedIn before, are you in Dublin and LinkedIn? I was in Dublin back in the days. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very good. And then from there, you, you've started an organization called Coach Hub. Now for our audience sake, what is Coach Hub? How does it work? And yeah, so tell us a little more about that. Yeah, sure. 
So CoachUp is the global leader in digital coaching. So what we do is we match business coaches with employees of companies of all sizes through machine learning and AI. And we coach uh, the employees through our app or in web applications of virtual coaching, if you will. We do have uh, 3,500 global coaches on all continents. We do have 15 offices all across the globe. Our team is 700 people strong, so we can support organizations all across the globe when they want to scale and invest more heavily into coaching. You know, they turn to us and say, Giannis, we want to uh, apply coaching and roll it out across the globe. Maybe if they're based in the US or in New Zealand or wherever they are, we can support them all across the globe in all time zones. And that's a pretty big advantage versus the old way, working with a classical face-to-face coaching maybe, because obviously much more scalable, it's measurable, it's digital, it's remote, and it's also definitely much more cheaper than the old ways. Yeah, so there's a few things here that I'm hearing as well, is that first of all, that you're using technology to actually have, to be able to scale a lot more and actually, you know, cover off a lot more people. So it's a bigger footprint. So it's, it's really good than doing it that way. The other thing too, is that there is, as you called it the old way, but there's still a way whereby people are meeting people one-on-one coaching and still doing it face-to-face, or they might be using things like Zoom and so forth too. The other thing I think from your organization with the technology is that people be able to book this one-on-one coaching a lot easier too. So when you're available, I'm available, and we, we can do that, which is great. So it actually makes it a lot easier for people too. And so you've got the engine, that technology to help out too. And also for organizations, it's probably a lot costly-wise. It's probably, a, I'm not going to say it's cheaper, but it's a lot lower cost maybe, possibly, or maybe more affordable because we're using technology and being able to get out to, to, to more people like that. Exactly. Yeah, so our vision basically is to democratize coaching. So, because if you remember, like coaching used to be before the executives, usually for the CEO, they all got coaching because they, they know it works, right? Yes. That's what we all, always have been doing. But our vision is to bring it to more people throughout the organization. So to all management levels, entry, mid-level, but we do even have increasingly many IC in our, in our coaching programs. And hence we had to make it more affordable, more scalable, more measurable, easier to use and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. So as you're saying. It was a lot more exclusive and now it's becoming a lot more wider available for, for others as well, which is great. And it's also good because I think, you know, I'm a strong believer after 25, 30 years coaching uh, in the business world, and, you know, it's a great tool to help people move on and do what they need to do and using coaches to help you do that, which is great. And, you know, the compensation and benefits aren't associated with the coach. It's an independent person. It's somebody who's going to be able to listen to them and not always, people aren't always listening to the person. So that's a good thing to be done too. Yeah. And Giannis, I think I see the thing here is that with your organization, as you said, it's global, a lot of uh, certified coaches, which is great. And so that's excellent. When did you kick off? When did you start Coach Hub? How many years ago? So the company started five years ago. The original story why Coach Hub exists today goes many years back. I don't know if you want to hear that, but it's, it may be worth sharing. So as I mentioned, I graduated from university, oh gosh, many years ago. I think it was 2008. Oh God, I'm so old. No, and I, uh, you must have started the age of six, right? Yeah, you're all good. <laughs> exactly. That's how it is. I was very young. No. And so we had our first company. So I founded CoachUp together with my brother. And we also had our first company straight out of university back in the days. It was actually funny, funny business. Uh, you're going to laugh. So you, you're able to create your own customized perfume online. 
so you can mix the notes and the scents and we engrave the bottle and send it over to you. So it was a fun e-commerce business out of uni. Actually, it was pretty successful uh, after all, with more than uh, 200,000 uh, clients. And it took off pretty well in the beginning as well. So we were, you know, t- two guys. And then, you know, after a couple of months, we were already 20. And, but then this, the problem started to arise. And, you know, what you learn at university is all, all good and, you know, it's helpful, but the stuff you learn there is very theoretical. You learn it from the books. You will learn models, you learn financial stuff, but what you don't learn is how to lead people, how to lead yourself, how to strategize, how to align, how to deal with emotions. And these things are actually the things that you need as a manager. So we went into this role without any manager experience, many manager training, and we figured out, oh gosh, something has to happen because pretty soon, you know, the first conflict started to arise. My brother and I were started, you know, started to fight about little things and also about larger things. And at some point it was so bad that we said something has to happen. And we, you know, somebody recommended a coach to help us. So that was 2008, right? That's a long time ago. So we were probably one of the first heavy users of coaching back in the day. And this coach came in and fixed the, not only the relationship between me and my brother, but also, you know, helped us sort out the things that we want to do, who focuses on what, how do we communicate? How do we communicate our mission and vision to the team? How do we align the teams? All those things. It was so extremely powerful that, you know, fast forward when we uh, founded the company five years ago and we walked the rainy streets of Dublin together when Mati visited me when I was, work- when I was working at LinkedIn. And, you know, we, we walked the street and we strategized, hey, we want to really build a new business again because we were entrepreneurs in our hearts, but we want to build a good business. Uh, this time. So a business with a purpose and, uh, you know, in some sense that just does something good. So we, we could do another e-commerce startup, of course, right? But we want to do something that, that does something good and our hearts are burning for. And we reminded ourselves of the experience of coaching. And then we said, Hey, this is the thing. Let's try it. So we started in our garage, backyard, room, whatever you want to call it. And uh, the rest is history. Excellent. Well, congratulations on what you've done. It's, it sounds like it's gone very well. And that transition, I'm doing something and learning from that. But it's really quite interesting because that's actually one of the first questions I've got for you. And that is, how did you actually get into leadership? And I think you just shared that with us, right? You were sort of just, you went into it, you started your business in a way, and next minute you're actually doing it. And is it, I mean, a lot of people say to me, what's leadership like, Dennis? I went, well, I'd love to write a book called Leadership Sucks. It's hard. It's really hard. And I think a lot of it is yeah. because of the human element, right? The emotions, the what people are looking for and so forth. And Life would be so much simpler without people, but you know, we need the people. We need to be able to do things, which is very interesting. Yanis, the other thing too I was going to ask you is, so did you go to your own business, entrepreneur, then into LinkedIn and then into Coach Hub? Yeah. So what was it like for you? The question I want to ask is going, being from an entrepreneur into a corporate in LinkedIn and then out into your own entrepreneurship again, that transition between entrepreneur into corporate, into entrepreneurship again. What was it like for you? It was actually a great experience. So I made the conscious choice to to work for LinkedIn for a period of time because it, it's a long story. My ex-girlfriend back in the day, she got a job uh, at Google in Dublin. That's why we had to move to Dublin. And I was there and I was thinking, hey, should I start my own company again in Dublin? Or we know that we are only here for a couple of years. So I might as well uh, you know, work for one of the best companies in the world because I'm a big believer in continuous learning. And I said, 
hey, LinkedIn is definitely one of the best companies I, I can think of. And yeah, that's why I joined them. So it was actually a great experience for me. And I learned a lot. Well, you would have, that was great. You did that. I mean, a great opportunity. Or you could have gone and poured beer, right? At Guinness all day, you know, but there's... That would have, yeah, would have been another option. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, very much so. Now, this question I ask at my guests is that, and this person could be alive or from history, who's your favorite leader and why? Yeah, so for me, it's very clear and easy. Probably hear that a lot, but I love Richard Branson, not only because he's an entrepreneur, like the uh, archetype of the entrepreneur, but also the way he leads and the way, you know, he thinks about managing and leading people. So that's pretty clear for me. Yeah. Well, what is it that in particular you like about it from the way he leads? So I think there is a saying where he says, don't care about your clients or your business, but take care about your employees and they will take care of your business, your clients. Yeah. And that was extremely smart. And so to just brag a little bit about it, we just, you know, finished a case study with Virgin Atlantic because we're working with Virgin now globally, all levels and all entities. And it's really awesome. And I just made a LinkedIn post on that because I was so excited and so proud. And that, you know, Virgin really lives with those values. He, well, you know, put on the wall back in the days, I'd say. And they, you know, invest now with CoachUp into, you know, enabling all their people and supporting them through coaching. So, yeah, but I mean, all goes back to this core philosophy of saying, I want to empower and respect my people that I work with. And then I know success will follow. I think this is a great attitude. Yeah. So empower and respect your people and then everything else will follow. Yeah, I like that. I really like that. Yep. Yep. Tell me, so if you were, have you met with Richard Branson? You've had chats with him? If you two yep. were to sit on a, co- on a bench, at a park bench, you and Richard Branson, and you were having a coffee together, would there be one question that Giannis would like to ask Richard? Whew. That's a good question. What would I ask Richard Branson? So let me think. Yeah, probably how he is able to scale this culture, I'd say, because the way he leads, the way he thinks, the way, you know, he presents himself externally on social media and everything seems to be real, right? Because the companies, as I just mentioned, they really live that they invest in their people. Like, how do you do that on such a large scale? That's probably, that's probably an huge accomplishment. I would love to learn about Yeah. You know, I actually that. think that's a very good question for you to ask because I think that there's a lot we can learn from people like Richard Branson, so Richard Branson and others, in the relation to the way that they do work and the way that they do, you talk about it. And, you know, yeah, it's really good. Giannis, the show here is called Leadership is Changing. Now, when I mention that title or that statement, what does it mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I talk about this a lot or I discuss about this a lot, obviously, because of my job and I'm a lot at um, different events. I just came back from an event with like 100 plus CHROs of the largest companies in the US. So we were discussing exactly that topic, funny enough, uh, about like how leadership is changing and, you know, the new way to work in all these things where coach obviously played a crucial role in supporting, you know, this change. And I think the most obvious one, and actually I experienced this myself because I started leading in 2008. It's a while ago now. That my impression is that leadership has to change right now or for a while, actually, because it is people re- request and require their leaders to have a different approach than they had in the past. So I mean, the classical command and control, I'm the boss, you're doing what I'm saying or you're fired, right? That might have, you know, that might have been working a couple of 
decades ago, but it's less near as possible. So leaders need to change. And it's a big problem for many of us and our clients, especially because many, especially very senior leaders grow up like this. And then they maybe even came from technical roles. So the people skills maybe are not 100% perfect. And then they suddenly have to change. And how do you facilitate that mind shift change when there's a complete new way of, of leading uh, required? But yeah, that's kind of, sorry, it's a long-winded answer to a short question, but I think it's definitely changing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I, I launch a podcast. That's what I do. And helping organizations go through all this too, because it is about mindset. It is about how we change, how we do things differently for sure. Do you follow any sports? No, I don't. I'm planning to play soccer again for like 10 years oh, now. Wow. <laughs> I haven't started it yet. <laughs> I played soccer a lot when I was a yep. kid. It's not big in the US as you might know, right? But, yeah, but it's growing though, isn't it? It is definitely growing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've actually yeah. just had the Women's World Cup soccer here in New Zealand of recent. That was pretty cool, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and uh, Spain won that, right? So uh, they did very well. Mm. Yeah. The reason I ask that is because I think that even in sports, it's a great way of easy thinking about that as an analogy, not just coaching, but also sports, how we can actually change and adapt in our mindsets and things like that. Because when you look at high-performing sports teams and, and, and individuals and athletes, it's really amazing what, how they think and what they go through and how they grow as individuals. And that's exactly how we should be in leadership as well and thinking about that kind of stuff too. Yeah. And if you look at the top athletes of the world, everybody has a coach. So they're working on, on their own mindset, on their skills, and they're consistently improving and they're never stopping. Mm. I think that's a great attitude. And actually, as you can see, it's mandatory. You know, to get to the top. And I also think this is true for coaches. If you're listening to this episode, I'm going to say this thing to you. If you don't have a coach, get a coach. Two reasons. One, to help you grow and be the best you can be. But number two, experience it, what it's like to have a coach, right? Because there's a lot of people out there who wanted to coach or are coaching, but they haven't experienced it themselves. And so I think it's really important for them to have a coach for those two reasons. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Alrighty. So you and I, and you're using technology in your business to help grow your business and have that scalability as we talked about it before. What I'm finding here, Giannis, is that data, technology, business, social, all those different areas, it seems to be getting faster and faster. We seem to be living in a world that's had very fast-paced, ever-changing. For a leader today to be successful in that fast-paced, ever-changing world, what are your thoughts on what they might need to do to be successful in that type of world. Yeah. This morning, actually, I, I read a great quote. I don't know where, but it said, leadership is not about perfection, but it's about the commitment to consistently learn, to consistently imp improve as a person, as a leader. I thought that was yeah. great. You know, it's, it, nobody can be perfect. If you aim to be perfect right now as a leader, it's pointless anyway. You put yourself under too much pressure and also it's probably not authentic towards, you know, your people. But if you're saying, Hey, I'm not perfect, but I'm committing to grow and become better. I think that's a great statement, right? Because then everybody also will understand why you make mistakes, why you're not maybe hundred percent perfect. I think that's a great, that's a great mindset. And that's also required to adapt in this ever changing world, right? I think nobody should ever stop learning or you know, should stop improving no matter how old or experienced you are. I think, first of all, it's boring to stop growing. 
that can, you cannot afford in this Yeah, world. I think if you're not growing, you're running that risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind is the way I talk about it. What do I mean by that? Everything else is, in the world is changing so fast. And so if you're standing still and you're not changing yourself, you're actually going backwards, right? Because everything else is moving forward and taking off. And so I think it's really important for us to understand that. And I really like what you say here is the fact that it's that commitment to consistently learn. And if you can do, that's great because, as you said, people will buy into it if you're committed as well. You're right. Too many leaders are trying to be perfect, as you said, right? They're trying to be everything to everybody and trying to be, you don't need to be perfect. And there's a few things that I keep hearing in some of these interviews. People want you to be real. They want you to be authentic. They want you to be transparent and they want you to be vulnerable. And when we say vulnerable, that's not you sitting there, and the listeners won't see this, but I'm showing you, Janus, a box of tissues, and you're sitting there crying all day, because you're, that's not what we're talking about, right? It's about you being showing the human side of yourself, so then people understand who you are. And if you can do that's when I think, and I'd love to just give your thoughts, that's where I think people are relatable. People can relate to you as a leader. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I'm a huge proponent of authenticity anyways and and you know being straightforward with people and it's not always easy especially in a large organization as also we grow super fast in the last years so it's not you know sometimes people you think everybody knows what's in your head and you assume everybody knows you know about how you communicate and what you're doing but actually many times they haven't even spoken to you and then they meet you like after like two years of zoom calls and say hey you are totally cool and relaxed and I totally get everything. So, but yeah, and it all comes back to, well, it, this is partially communication. But yeah, I think if you are, if you're yourself, if you're authentic, if you're, as you mentioned, vulnerable and, you know, never claiming to be perfect, but committing to grow on a consistent basis, this, for my experience, resonates well. Speaking about the theme of commitment to grow and also thinking about how you just said that your organization has had massive growth in the last few years. What's next for Coach Up? We, where do you see you and where do you see your business going in the future? Yeah, so we are just stretching the surface. So as I mentioned, our vision is to democratize coaching and make it uh, accessible to all people of all career levels around the world. And there are a lot of people around the world, right? So we are working with thousands of large clients, you know, the biggest enterprise clients, but there's many others left of all sizes. So this is, first of all, you know, beat the drum about the power of coaching and why everybody should have a coach, no matter where they are in the organization. So that's our first, you know, a goal. But the other one as well is uh, obviously improve our technology. So we just launched an AI coach. So I, uh, you can try it out here. It's called Amy. So we trained the, the AI bot on coaching techniques. So we feed it the algorithm with different papers from all kinds of different organizations related to coaching. So it's pretty cool. Try it out. It's free. So there's, you just have to sign up and then you go. So that's our experiment with AI, even though we are convinced that coaching will always stay human, we can enhance it with AI and technology, but the, the uh, conversation will always be done by a human that our deep belief. And then obviously we're going to leverage data because we have so much data that we are generating, obviously respect all kinds of privacy policies and GDPR regulations, but the anonymized data we are collecting throughout the coaching jurors, we can use them to improve the coaching experience itself to make it more effective, match people with the better coaches, suggest the better topics, 
suggest better intervals of the timing of the coach intervention, all these things, it's exciting and we're just getting started. So of stuff ahead. You actually answered one of my questions I wanted to ask you, which is, do you think AI would replace a coach, a human? But you've answered that. So that's good to hear. Thank you. So the other question I've got for you is you and I have been talking about leadership from the lens of the leader's side. If you and I to flip the coin or flip things around and talk about it from an employee's perspective, I think you said you got 700 people in the organization working, you got three and a half thousand, yep. so right. whatever coaches around the world, but you've got about 700 employees in the organization. So if we think about the employee side of things, what do you think, what are the, has their expectations of leaders changed? I mean, we're just five years old, right? So, I mean, if we're talking about different generations and their expectations toward leaders, I think that definitely has changed. We're just five years old, so I don't think it has dramatically changed. And, you know, me personally, I always was a big advocate of, you know, respecting people, being straightforward, being honest, being demanding, right? So we're a fast-growing company. We've had high ambitious targets. We're a startup, so we're growing fast. So if you want to join this journey, be ready to, you know, have a wild ride, but at the same time, being super transparent and honest and, and fair, right? I think that's absolutely mandatory. Otherwise it will backfire. It doesn't make any sense. And that, that doesn't mean that you can execute on that because you have hundreds of managers as well. So you need to enable them to fulfill on those, on this leadership style, which is also an own task uh, by itself. Right. But yeah, so I think. No, I mean, we're a coaching company, right? So uh, you might think that maybe employees have a, you know, a more uh, different view on how leaders should work. But I, I, w- I would say, I think it hasn't changed that much. They require the best leaders and, and they request the best leaders in the world and they deserve them. That's our philosophy and our promise. Yeah, cool. And I like what you just said there about the, they deserve the best leadership and, they, and they, you know, they want it as well, which is good. And if they're not getting it, they're going to leave, right? So, so that's, they're going to go and look for that. So it's good to have it as well. Now, you and I have been talking about leadership and about coaching and so forth. If I was to get you to get your crystal ball out now and think about the future here, right? Where do you see leadership being in five years? We spoke about the way how leadership changed over the last like 10, 15 years, 20 years, I don't know, the way from the command and control towards a more empowering leadership style, more respect and a more eye-to-eye level of your employees. I think that's not going to go away. I don't think so. Um, so I think that's going to stay for a while. People want leaders that bring those traits. They also want leaders that have power, that have a vision, that can drive the organization forward, that lead from the front, that make their hands dirty. These are all things that I deeply believe in and have been doing for a while. So I, I think more and more of the leaders will adapt these kind of leadership styles and it will stay. Yeah, very good. That's what I think. Well, it's been a real pleasure talking to you today. You've shared some really cool stuff with us as well about leadership is changing, about the coaching industry, artificial intelligence and things like that. Hey, if our listeners are wanting to get hold of you, where should they go? Yeah, so of course they can uh, check me out on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. and on our website, coachup.com. So yeah, feel free to to get in touch. uh, Once again, thank you so much for joining me. It's a real pleasure having you as a guest on this uh, podcast. So thank you. There you go, listeners. Well, if you you need to be committed to learning and have a consistency of learning as well to then grow as a leader and then you can inspire others as well. It's a real pleasure being with you all today. Thanks for listening. Until next time, bye for now. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 